good afternoon and welcome to Not Minding My Own Business. Uh, again, my name is Russell Farbiars, your estate planning and elder law attorney. And I am joined with the better half of one of, one of our guests from a few weeks ago. I'm joined today by Maylene DeFries. Uh, good afternoon, Maylene. Hello, Russell. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And I, I said before we we went live that you're coming to us straight from outer space, which is I, I I really appreciate you taking the time to zoom on in with us. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I love the view from up here. Um, I have to hand that to my husband. He's a big space and Star Trek fan, so <laughs> it was a good choice for today. I thought it, it it is a good it is a good choice. So so, Maylene, why don't we start by just just tell us a little bit about wh- what you do and who you help. What I do, wow. Um, in short, I do real estate, right? So, but what does that actually mean, right? Right, right. Because everybody knows probably five to 10 people who are actually real estate agents. Uh, but in addition to, you know, being able to get your home sold or help you find your next home to purchase, I do a lot of other things in the real estate industry. Um, so I started out in foreclosures and real estate owned properties, did a lot of work with investors years and years ago. I've been in the industry since about 2006, um, worked for 10 years with a business partner, Navid Musa, who taught me a whole lot of things and, um, a lot about the foreclosures and getting acquainted with bank representatives and asset managers. And through the years, it's just kind of evolved it's come a long way to the point where not only do I just do the regular residential real estate, I also help um, in, from a le- more of a leadership standpoint to mentor and groom and train some younger agents, some less experienced agents working towards helping people understand that the industry d- isn't just about putting up a for sale sign in front of your house and that there's a lot of opportunity, uh, whether it's wholesaling or investing um, and, and group funding and so many things that real estate includes and helping people understand that and real estate agents who want to grow their wealth, you know, their financial wealth and their family's wealth, um, that there's a lot of different ways to do that. Very, very, very interesting. seems like you've done, you've done a lot and I, and I sort of want to unpack a, a couple of those things, but I want to start with the concept of wholesaling that you mentioned, because every okay. once in a while uh, through our title company, I might get someone who's talking about wholesaling. And, and I would, I, I, if you could explain to our listeners a little bit about what that is, how it, how, it, and how it works. Sure. There's a couple of different avenues that you can go about getting started. Uh, There are a lot of people out there. You might be familiar with the we buy houses signs. They're pretty much everywhere on every corner. But uh, an investor can go in search of people who might be in need of, let's say, offloading their property for whatever the reason might be. A lot of people um, could be getting divorced, there could have been a death in the family and there's a property that's just sitting there and nobody knows what to do with it. Or it could be also other investors who might happen to be in too deep, if you will, and they need to also offload some of their properties. Uh, there's a lot of different circumstances where somebody might need the help. Um, even the aging population actually sometimes um, 
depending on their needs, we can either sell it in the residential real estate market or um, somebody can come in and wholesale it or kind of help through the process. And a lot of people used to call when I worked at the Realtor Association um, and complain about people who were wholesaling because they were under the wrong impression that what they were doing could be considered illegal. And now don't get me wrong, every single industry has people who will do unethical things, who will do things inconsistently and for the wrong reasons. But there are certain people out there who will do it the right way. And there are many right here in Berks County who will help people for the sake of helping people, right? Um, uh, and in the process, I think it benefits the homeowner or the owner of the property. It benefits the person who's doing the exchange and it benefits the community because maybe the property was run down or something like that. And now they're gonna renovate it or somebody's going to renovate it. And it just gives more property and livable space back to the community, which benefits everybody, the neighborhood, the neighbors, the property value goes up, et cetera, et cetera. So wholesaling again is something that can be very advantageous to people, especially uh, let's say in uh, an area such as Reading, right? Where it's run down, um, a lot of abandoned properties, uh, but you want to revitalize the area. So that's very important. So how is it different than going in as a realtor and representing that buyer uh, than when you're, when you're doing wholesaling? So wholesaling instead of, and, and you're always representing not, not so much the buyer, but the seller, right? Sorry, you're, you're right. I meant the seller. That's I okay. Finished, haven't finished my coffee yet today. <laughs> I didn't even have one yet. I don't even, I can't even understand that. <laughs> um, you're always representing the best interest of the seller. But in this particular scenario, when you wholesale something, sometimes you might want to be the intermediary person, like a third party, and look for another person to buy the property, right? Um, and you're not necessarily listing it on the MLS or the multiple, multiple listing service. So you're trying to find either other investors who will flip it, repair it, make it better, and then they sell it again. Okay. Makes make, make sense. Uh, and then you also said that you've done some foreclosure work. Now, I, I, in the last couple of years, of course, there's not been any foreclosure work to be done, but I, I, I fear that we may be heading down that path, path again. How, how do you help your clients when it, when it comes to a foreclosure? So a lot of times being a real estate agent, my client would be the asset manager, which is the bank who holds a lot of the okay. foreclosed properties. So I would list that for them. If by chance I come across a homeowner, an actual homeowner who is facing foreclosure, that's a completely different story. And we do everything that we possibly can to help them either get out of that scenario or get them another place to go to, you know, because we know that that's coming and then get that home sold as quickly as possible. And a lot of times the options there would be a, a deed in lieu of foreclosure or a short sale. Can you just Correct. explain briefly what, what those are? So a deed in lieu of foreclosure is basically when you take the deed of your house and kind of give it back to the bank. So the bank takes possession of your property and you kind of walk away from it without that bankruptcy on your record, right? Um, a short sale 
which was probably one of the worst things that you could ever go through on the real estate side. I, back in the day, there were stacks and stacks of papers, but, and long story short, short sale is basically when you put your house for sale on the market, because you know that you're not going to be able to afford staying there anymore. So you put your house on the market, but the market value has decreased to the point where you actually owe more money on your mortgage than your house is going to potentially sell for. Yeah, and that's a big negotiation point between um, the real estate agents and what kind of offers they can get in to purchase the property and then the, the bank representative. Yeah, those those. fortunately, at this point in the in the real estate market, we don't have to worry as much about that uh, because market value has gone the other way. But in you know, the early 2010s, it, it, uh, it was, it was real difficult. And I know I had some estates. There were many. Yeah. I had, and when I had an estates that were had short sales, those were always horrific because not only did you have realtor commission to pay for it, but you also had attorney's fees and personal representative fees. And it was, it was just a real, real trainer. So it is a, po- a process. So hopefully we don't go back, go back in that direction. I, I, but what what and along those lines, what what is your outlook on the the real estate market? Are we are we stable? Are we is the is is our prices going up, going down? What are you seeing out there? So what I'm seeing right now is yes, we had an absolutely crazy and astronomical market, right? Where the prices were going a hundred thousand dollars above and beyond. You'd get like twenty different offers for a property that you'd, uh, you know, have to explain to a seller and you know differentiate between all of the little details to try to pick the right one. Um, massive inventory, uh, you know, lack basically. Um, we definitely need more houses to be built in this area, um, but the prices are normalizing, right? So they're coming back to kind of where they kind of should be instead of being so um, um, blown up and taken out of proportion. So we're normalizing in the mortgage market. We're normalizing in the actual market prices that we're seeing. And the houses are sitting on the market for a couple of days longer, right? So you're not selling a house in a day anymore. So you are seeing three to five days, you know, a little bit more longer days on market, things like that. Okay. And by normalizing, do you mean that the prices are coming back to where they were or are they they just settling at at a slightly higher pace? Right now they are settling slightly higher, right? So we're still, um, as an economy, still still trending upward, but um, in the long run, we're kind of getting back to normal where you're not going to see houses that are going to sell for fifty dollars to $100,000 over asking price. You know, that's actually going down back to normal. Okay. That's probably good for everyone. You know, the, the volatility certainly. is cer- certainly not, you know, it's good if you're the seller getting $100,000 more than than you listed it for, but uh, probably from a system perspective, it, it it's not the best thing to be happening consistently. Now, Maylene, you've done a lot in real estate. What are you focusing on now? What I'm focusing on now is a couple of things. So I've taken all of my classes to be able to test for my broker's license. So as soon as the state gives me permission to take the exam, I'll be taking my broker's exam. Um, And I'm also focusing on helping 
grow uh, Vanguard Realty Alliance, which is a great little company out in Westchester. They have a vision which kind of mimicked the vision of my own that I had over a year ago when I did walk away from working at the Realtor Association, which was basically to help and empower people to learn more about real estate, more about investing, more about different ways that they can financially benefit themselves or family. Um, and personally, I like to teach and mentor, again, a lot of the agents who come across, whether you know whether they're under my brokerage umbrella or not, which um, where I hang my license right now at Vanguard, but I like to let my peers know and I have gotten a lot of phone calls of, hey, can you help me? Or, hey, do you have um, a minute to kind of talk me through this deal that I'm going through? Because uh, it's a lot of negotiation. It's a lot of understanding where people are coming from and not letting egos or, or emotions really get in the way. And that's a learning process which I feel like I, I've gotten so much better with through the years. And if I can help the younger agents understand that and be able mm -hmm. to ser service the customer service with their clients a lot better, it, it will just help them with their business as well. Wonder wonderful. So let's go back to the beginning. We know what you're doing now. We know where you started, but how did you get into real estate? Frankly, um, so before my real estate career, my career was a bridge engineer. I designed bridges and tunnels. I worked in Center City, Philly on JFK, and I absolutely was a complete workaholic, but then I was blessed to have multiple children and blessed to have a husband that was able to provide for us. So at the end of the day, there were about seven of us who were laid off at my engineering job. And I was one of them clearly because my son at the time was about a year and a half old in daycare. You know how that goes. They get an ear infection every two weeks. Then you have to take two days off because they can't yeah. go back. So I was a clear choice. Um, at that time, I didn't realize it, but we ended up deciding that I would stay home and raise the children. We do have three amazing children right now. Um, they're getting older and we are so proud of them, but at the time, you know, raising three children and paying a daycare fee was going to be kind of astronomical. So I, in turn of me walking away from my engineering career and becoming a mom, I got a little bored. <laughs> so at that point in time, I was like, all right, well, let me go get my real estate license. So I've literally never turned back since. Do you miss the engineering work? I bask at all the bridges that I see and, and the glory that they are, but I do not miss the desk job. I'm sure not. I mean, it, being a realtor is, is probably is, I would imagine, a lot different. You're out talking to people, you know, looking, you know, looking at, at new properties. Um, so it's, yeah, it's probably, def probably a lot different. Uh, it certainly is. What is something about what you do that, that you think that the average person isn't aware of? 
Well, that's a good question. I'm a pretty open book, so I'm not exactly sure how to answer that one. You 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 are you are an open book, but you know there's there's a conception of of realtors, you know, and there's and there's you know when a lot of people think of realtors, like okay, the realtor shows shows me the house. What is the stuff that happens in the background that someone wouldn't really uh, really know about? So the background would be, let's say you go to closing, you have an offer accepted, everybody's super excited, right? So what happens? You submit everything to the title company and you get ready for closing, you get ready for settlement and all of a sudden something pops up. Those are the things that behind the scenes, if you have the right people that you're working with, the right people in the title company, your right mortgage brokers, the right real estate agents, they're gonna know exactly okay, don't panic. We got this. There, you know what a, I mean? So if you have a, the right team yeah. and they don't allow you to panic, they kind of talk you down and say, hey, this is what's going on. Explain it to you accordingly and help you understand it and work through it and tell you what they're doing to work through it at the same time. You know, that's really important because I've been through quite a few deals where I... I was on the purchase side twice, pregnant, blame Dominic. Um, so I can understand the stress, the emotional stuff that you go through when you're buying a house. And just recently I helped another mom who was expecting, and you know, there's a lot of turmoil that goes on. There's a lot of things that you don't expect. A lot of things that you don't, you know, you can't foresee and being able to help them through it on on a human level to me is the most important yeah absolutely and i think that what sometimes what a lot of people don't remember or or recognize is there's a lot of detail work that goes into getting from offer accepted to keys absolutely and and that's and I and I do think that the real, the realtor plays a very important role in sort of beginning that process and making sure that all the right people are on the team. Uh, so, you know, that's it's a good thing to it's a good thing to highlight. So, uh, and you said blame Dominic uh, on the children. I I I guess no on moving me while I was pregnant twice. I never recommend that for anyone. No, no, no. no. My. Uh, my my sister just went through that about a year ago because she she was building a new house where she lives, and because of all the supply chain issues, she and you know they oh, I think wow. they ended up closing after she had the baby, which you know try you know you don't want to move pregnant, but you don't want to move with a newborn either. Correct, correct. Yeah. Um, funny little story: the first our for our first son, who's now twenty and in college, got love him. Um, so we moved a week before he was born and we actually caught one of those previously foreclosed and renovated properties and bought that and moved into it. And the night before I went into labor, I was laying down kitchen flooring. <laughs> That's just, it probably moved the labor along if, if you know, most likely. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
I I know I know that you're you know originally not not from the Berks County area, but uh, what what brought you here? So that's a long long story. <laughs> originally, um, I am from Queens, New York. Um, back in the 80s, 90s, my parents moved me out to the Poconos, which is where I actually met Dominic. And after that, I did end up going to Penn State, graduated Harrisburg campus. And after that, got careers in Philadelphia. And then after we started having a family and that first house that I was putting the flooring down was getting a little bit too small for the family that we were having. So we were looking for a larger home and basically it was the cost of living and the market that made had us move west when I found our house out here, which would have been double back in when we used to live in Montgomery County. Okay. And what is your fondest memory of, of the Berks County area since you moved here? I actually love the pagoda. Oh, nice. I really do. I'm a very um, structural oriented person with a background in um, architectural engineering and structural engineering. And that that building just blows me away. I think we should do so much more with it. I, I agree. And, I, and there was a time when I think that there that it was used more for, you know, networking groups or whatnot. But I, it seems like it it just isn't uh, really utilized that much. But maybe you can change that. Maybe you can revitalize it. I think it's beautiful. I would love yeah. to get some more activity up there. We do have the, there's like a car race that, that goes up there, the mm -hmm. hill climb. Yes. Right? Yeah. But that's, I think that's really it in terms of utilizing. Like there's, there's a lot more potential there. Indeed. So, so what do you like to do when you're not working? Oh boy, when I'm not working, I'm typically running my children around. You're the chauffeur, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. The bus driver. Yeah. 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 I know that problem. It, it, I, I have the, the same, I'm the same thing. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? I kind of try to take it in as much as I possibly can because I know in the blink of an eye, I won't be doing that anymore, you know, and as it is, because my children are older, there's more time in the day for me to focus on my career, which is really exciting for me because mm -hmm. they're very self-sufficient. They just don't drive yet. <laughs> well, well, some of them do, but not, not all of them, but Derek does Bella's learning and Devin's not there yet. Yeah. So they're all in high. Well, Derek is in college, but the other two are now in high school. I, I think I thought I saw. Correct, correct. Our youngest is fourteen, and he's a freshman in high school. And our girl, Isabella, is a senior now this year in high school as well. Wow, it 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 goes fast. I know. I know. Um, so fast. Yeah. So, how often do you are you able to get away, and where do you like to vacation? So I probably, we don't get away as much as we'd really like to. That needs to be um, made a priority so that we can do that a lot more often. But I have to say one of my favorite vacations was mo most definitely when Dominic and I went to Aruba. Oh, I love Aruba. That's it's gorgeous. Yes. It is. 
Aruba's perfect, 85 degrees and no humidity almost every day. Isn't it though? It's perfect. <laughs> so, uh, so then um, what you're saying is that the next time I see Dominic, I need to suggest to him that he take you back to Aruba. Oh, that, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll love that. <laughs> he won't mind. He likes cold. I can't, I, I can't understand that. He wants I, to go I, to Alaska, which I would love to see the Northern Lights. Yes. I hear that's magical. I'm just not a snow girl. Yeah, I, I understand. So where in Queens did you grow up? In Astoria. Astoria, okay. Yes. So, so there's you... this famous strip of shopping called Steinway Street. And all the way up at the end of Steinway Street, um, you might have heard of a Steinway piano. Mm-hmm. Yep. So my mom, when I was a little girl, she worked up at Steinway Piano and I got to see them being created and put together. And it was just amazing. Wow. That's, that's, that's really interesting. Wow. Well, Maylene, thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk with me today. Is there, is there anything else that you, that you'd like to share with, with our listeners? Thank you so much for having me. Um, I don't think at this point in time that there's anything specific other than um, I, even though I hang my license in a brokerage that sits currently in Westchester, I am still here to do business here in Berks. So your market, you're, you're, you're looking to, to, to develop business right here in Berks County. Absolutely. I'm still, you know, working with buyers, sellers, and investors right here. And if, if someone's listening and wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Oh, absolutely. Um, that would be my cell phone number, 484-818-0036. All right. Well, thank you very much, um, Maylene DeFries. Uh, if you have any real estate needs, certainly uh, give Maylene a call because I, I know that, that she, will, she will take care of, of anyone uh, that, that she works with very well. And thank you again for listening uh, to another episode of Not Minding My Own Business. Thank you so much, Russell.